Welcome to Tough Questions, where we address the most challenging issues of a real and a relative Christian faith. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or our YouTube channel, Instagram, or maybe the Tough Questions podcast, again, I want to say thanks for dialing in. Now let's get into our subject for this episode. Today we're going to look at another individual that left home. And this individual, um, there's a couple of them, or actually just one individual that we're going to look at that left home. The other one was uh, a partner in this story, and you'll recognize this story right away, I'm sure. It comes from the book of Luke in chapter 15, and I'm going to read this to you. Jesus also told them another story. Once a man had two sons. The younger son said to the father, Give me my share of the property. So the father divided his property between the two sons. And not long after that, the younger son packed up everything he owned and left for a foreign country, where he wasted all of his money in wild living. He had spent everything when a bad famine spread through the whole land, and soon he had nothing to eat. He went to work for a man in that country, and the man sent him out to take care of his pigs. He would have been glad to eat the things that the pigs were eating, but nobody gave him anything. Finally, he came to his senses and he said, My father's workers have plenty to eat, and here I am starving to death. I will go to my father, and I will say to him, I have sinned against God in heaven and against you. I'm no longer good enough to be called your son. Treat me like one of your workers. The younger son got up and he started back to his father. But when he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and felt sorry for him. He ran to his son and he hugged and he kissed him. The son said, Father, I've sinned against God in heaven and against you. And I'm no longer good enough to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Hurry and bring the best clothes and put on him. Give him a ring for his fingers and sandals for his feet. Get the best calf and prepare it so that we can eat and celebrate. This son of mine was dead, but now has come back to life. He was lost and now has been found. And they began to celebrate. Well, the older son had been out in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants over, and he said, What's going on around here? And the servant answered, Your brother has come home safe and sound, and your father has ordered us to kill the best calf. So the older brother got angry, so angry that he wouldn't even go in the house. The father came out and begged him to go in. But he said to his father, you know, for years I have worked for you like a slave, and I've always obeyed you. You've never given me a goat or anything that I could have dinner with my friends with. This other son of yours wasted your money on prostitutes. And now he's come home, and you've ordered the best calf to be killed for a feast. And the father replied, My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Be glad and celebrate, for your brother was dead 
and now he is alive. He was lost, and now he's been found. Let me get this out of the way right up front. The message in this story is that neither one of these two children, these two sons, understood the love that the father had for him or for them. Neither one of them understood what it was or what it meant. Not the younger son, not the older son, neither one of them understood that love. I remember when I was about 15 years old, um, I decided to run away from home. And I took a trip up to New York. It was not a very good time in my life, and I would recom highly recommend that you don't do this. But um, it was a time that I left home personally only to realize and find out a lot of different things about myself. And one of them was to understand the love and support and the care that my own family had for me. It was a very challenging time. So I can kind of relate a little bit to what this one prodigal son is, is, is all about. Sometimes you just simply got to leave in order to understand what you had. You know what they say, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Well, this prodigal son was a very selfish individual. He was selfish, he was disrespectful, he was arrogant as far as his his father goes. And, and it was just one of those things that was very difficult for him to get through his thick head, and that was how much the father cared for him and what that relationship looked like. If a son had said those things to a father, what normally would have happened was the father would have taken his son as, long, as well as the other family members, and they all would have gone to the, the township square or the temple area and you know the gate where they held business and all those things. He would take the son publicly and would break a clay pot and would say, this is the relationship that I, that I have with my son. It used to be whole, but that relationship has now been broken. You are no longer my son. He would have disowned the son, but that's not what took place here. You see, that's probably what the prodigal son expected was for his father to disown him. That's probably a disappointment that the older son had when his father didn't disown this younger prodigal son, but instead gave him the money, gave him the inheritance, and let him go on his way. You see, again, neither one of them understood the relationship and what was going on with the father. The older son was very faithful. He was hardworking, he was obedient, he did the things that the father asked him to do, and yet really he was just as disrespectful uh, as the prodigal son, the younger son. Most of the time, we, we blame the prodigal son for being a money-hungry jerk, but really the older son didn't have quite the right relationship either. The older son was always judging. He was judging everyone, including his younger brother. He was, he was judging his father and how his father responded. And he ended up getting really, really mad. And then he has it out with the father. 
and he he tells the father, you know, hey, I've been I've been with you all these years. I've done all this stuff. I've been obedient. I've worked my butt off for you. I mean, I've done all this stuff. And you never even gave me a, you know, a goat to go and have a party with my friends. Well, then the father responds to him and he says these words. And these are the ones that I want you to hear today. Son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. It's a very stunning remark. In light of everything that the older brother has been upset about. You know, you and I can relate. We get angry and jealous sometimes about somebody else's party or somebody else receives some attention that maybe we think we should be getting. Maybe somebody got a job promotion and instead of celebrating it, we look at it and feel sorry for ourselves. But in this particular case, the father brings the son back to reality and describes for the son the relationship that the son didn't quite understand. And he says, you are always with me. What's he saying? He's saying that, you know, son, you're always at the forefront of my mind. You're always in, in the forefront of everything that I've got planned. I'm always looking out for you. I'm always trying to do the best that I can for you. I'm always trying to to enhance your life, not to take advantage of you, not to do something or hold anything back in any way, shape, or form. My love for you is such that it always is at the forefront, always there, looking out for your best interest, if you would only see it, if you would only accept it. You see, the son is so angry and so disappointed and, and you know, just... Uh, disgusted with the way his father has acted about this uh, rebellious younger brother. And the father brings it all back full circle. Son, you're always with me. I, I, I love, my love for you knows no boundaries. My love for, for you cannot be chased away. And then he says, the icing on the cake, and everything I have is yours. I wonder... What would our lives look like if we honestly believed those words? That God was always with us. That God was always keeping you and I at the forefront of his mind, in the forefront of all the plans and all of the things that he's doing in this world. What if we honestly believed the Jeremiah you know, I know I have the plans for you, and they're good plans to give you a hope and a future and all that good stuff. What, what if we honestly believed that? And what if we honestly believed that God never leaves us? That even when I ran away to New York, God was still with me? What about when, when we, we feel distant from God or we feel like, you know, it's not Sunday, so I don't have a, a real relationship with God. What if we honestly lived out those words where God says to his children, he says, you know what, you're at the forefront of my mind and my heart. He says, everything I'm doing is for you. Everything I'm striving for here to work in your life is to bring you full circle back to me. What if we honestly lived those things out?
Tough Questions is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church. Join us on podcasts at toughquestions.buzzsprout.com or you can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and just search for Tough Questions Joseph Bevan. If you'd like to join us live, you can do that on Facebook Live Sunday mornings at 11.30. Or if you want to check out our video archives, go to our YouTube channel at Rosebush United Methodist Church and just search as one word and you'll find us. Thanks and God bless.